Hey friends, welcome to Evangel Church Online, a safe place for everyone to explore faith in Jesus, receive his love, and look more and more like him each day. Today we're continuing our series of the values that shape us, and we're gonna be looking at the second one. Stay tuned. for lunch last week with some friends who don't live in Powell River. So we were out, we were sitting in Lund on a patio, eating brunch. It was a beautiful day. It was like hot and sunny and lovely. And we were watching people uh, take their boats and their yachts out on the ocean. Uh, and, and it was just like one of those perfect picturesque, like could be on a postcard day. And as we look upon this scene, as we were uh, just enjoying our company and enjoying the environment around us, one of the people there remarked that Powell River was God's country. And that's so true of Powell River, isn't it? The ocean is always only a couple minutes away. There are beautiful hikes that you can go on that are just outside your door. The weather is generally pretty great. Uh, the pace of life is what everybody dreams of having that it's a little bit slower, it's a little bit more relaxed. It's one of those ones that you can kind of just ease into, you know? And I moved here only a couple of years ago. In November, it'll be three years. And as much as I love Pal River, it was a little bit of an adjustment for me that I moved from a city of about 145,000 people to, to one that has much less, that my family was now, you know, two ferries away, that it took me uh, more than just a short, quick drive to get into Vancouver uh, to buy some clothes that I would need or something else that I couldn't find in the city. And so it took me a little bit of time to get used to. But Powell River has this incredible ability of growing on you, doesn't it? Where it just has this sense of, of like wonder that it brings to your heart. Um, and not only does it grow on you, but I think it's a place that also shapes you. The place in which you live, whether for a short time or a long time, really does shape who you are. It shapes some of your values, it shapes um, some of your personality and how you live your life. And so I say all this not to be like a really great Pal River tourism ad, uh, feel free to sponsor me if you want, um, but because we're in week two of our series called The Values That Shape Us. And just like Pastor Lucas said last week, our values are the things that help us keep the main thing the main thing at Evangel. They're essentially the filter in which everything passes through. So that's new initiatives that we maybe take on, new ministries that we maybe launch, our focus on our calendar, the time in which we invest here in our church and here with our time. Uh, and so those are the things that help us. Our values are the things that help us keep the main thing the main thing. They're the thing in which uh, stops uh, initiatives, stuff like that happening, uh, that maybe aren't in line with those values. And so if you, were with us, if you weren't with us last week, we focused on our value, engaging biblical truth will change your life. And I'd encourage you to write this down uh, and write all of our other values down over the coming weeks, because this may be a filter that you wanna add to your life as well. And the reality is, if we're part of Evangel, if we call Evangel home, is that we're all participators in moving forward this mission that God has for us as we partner with him. And so the value statement that we're focusing on this week is blessed to be a blessing to Powell River. Now, 
I know that as we're on an online community right now that you may not live in Powell River. You may live in a different city, in a different country, in a different place. And so today, as we talk about being a ble blessed to be a blessing to Powell River, if you don't live in Powell River, I want you to like take the word Powell River out of your mind and every time it's said, I want you to insert your city. So wherever that may be, I want you to insert your city within there. But if you live in Powell River, this is our value here at Evangel. We are blessed to be a blessing to Powell River. Because I believe that God has, God has placed each of us here in Powell River for a reason. That the place in which he plants us is not just happenstance and it's not just coincidence. And as our creator, God reigns and rules here. That this is actually his country. And it is his desire to establish his kingdom here in Powell River. And the reality is, he could do it without any of our help. He actually doesn't need your and my help. He could very much do it on his own. He is all powerful. He is very capable. But his gift to us is one of purpose. That as he establishes his kingdom here in our hearts, that he also invites us to establishing his kingdom here in this city as well. And so if you're somebody who take notes, I want you to write this down. One of the greatest blessings that we have from God is the opportunity to invest in the city in which we are planted. Now, our values here at Evangel aren't just things that we've drummed up in a vacuum, um, but they are rooted in God's word. And so we're going to turn to God's word to see what it has to say about this. Because I believe it is there that we're going to find the truth that will change our lives. And that also informs this value as well. And so we're going to turn first in God's word to Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 4 to 7. Uh, and if you don't have a Bible, we would love to give you one. So if you go to myevangel.church forward slash Bible, it will either give you a way you can download a digital copy, or if you live in our region here, we want to bless you with God's word in your hands. So if you want a paper Bible, just fill out that short form there and we'll be able to get one to you. And before we enter into God's word, let's quickly pray. God, we thank you that you are with us. God, we thank you that you care about Powell River, that you care about the city that we're in. God, that we have been planted here for a reason and for a purpose. And that it's not that we've just gotten here by happenstance or by the, even just like what feels like the wisdom of our own choices, but God, that we have purpose here found in you for blessing our city here. So God, I pray that you would reveal your word to us, which changes our lives so that we can continue uh, to be a greater likeness of you today. God, we love you and we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, this is what Jeremiah chapter 29 verses 4 to 7 says. It says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. Now, this passage was written in, in 626 BC, or this letter uh, from Jeremiah to the people was written in 626 BC. That is around 2,600 years before now. To the Israelites, who had been exiled from Jerusalem, the city in which God had placed them, to live in captivity in Babylon because of their rebellion against him and their apostasy or their sin. So this is kind of the context in which Jeremiah is delivering this message to the people. They're a nation under foreign captors 
who sought to oppress and enslave God's people. And amongst this, false prophets were rising up uh, all in Jerusalem, or, or sorry, all around the Israelites, saying that this captivity was going to only be acutely temporary before they were freed. But Jeremiah's word from the Lord, which was the only word from the Lord, was that this exile would last around 70 years, which was a whole generation that would have been under this exile. And yet, what does Jeremiah say? He doesn't say for the people to rise up and to, to take matters into their own hands. He doesn't say for them to defy the oppressive rulers over them. But he said, build houses, plant gardens, get married, have kids, and finally seek the welfare of the city that you are in and pray for it, this one that you have been exiled to. Because the cities in which they were captives were not to be a reminder of their oppression, but rather it was to be an opportunity to do good and to bless the place that they were in. And the word for welfare here is shalom, or the Hebrew word for peace. But the original Hebrew word has so many layers, uh, it has so many layers to it than our word in English can convey. Like our word can sometimes be a little flat, um, but the word in Hebrew actually closely, closer translates to wholeness or completeness. And John Barry in the Faith Life Study Bible says shalom conveys all aspects of peace, safety, security, welfare, and prosperity. And so this is the promise that, the God, give, that God gives to the Israelites, that as they seek the shalom, the peace of the cities where they were exiled, so they will experience their own shalom, their own peace, their own welfare. And I believe that God's promises are not just for them at that time, but are for you and I today, right here, 2,600 years later in Powell River, as we are blessed to be a blessing to Powell River. Now, the reality is you and I are not exiled here. Each of us have chosen to be planted here. Uh, each of you have chosen to move here. Now, there may be some of you, maybe in like the teenage years, that are feeling like you have been exiled here today, that you maybe feel like uh, if you were anywhere else in the world, that it would be better, that like, why would we come here? And I understand the angst that sometimes you feel in those moments. But the reality is none of us have been exiled here to Powell River. We are simply people who have chosen to live here. And so I just want to keep that in mind. Uh, but the reality is we are just temporary visitors here on this earth. And that our eternal home, if we're believers in him, is in heaven. But even as temporary visitors on this earth, God still has purpose for us today. Purpose here in Powell River. Because the reality is this command from God isn't just an option. It's not saying that you can kind of just you know, choose when you want to, to seek the welfare of the city that you can just passively, you know, live through life. And it doesn't really matter the way that you live or invest here, but it's actually a command by him to seek the welfare of the city, to pray on its behalf. And then there's this transaction that will experience our welfare, this exchange of experiencing our own welfare as well. That's actually a blessing that we can seek the welfare of Pell River while we are here. So let's contextualize this passage then for you and I today. It says, but seek the welfare of Pal River, where I, God, has have sent you, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. Friends, what if the greatest, what if one of the greatest mission fields that we could be a part of is right outside our door? Is to seek the welfare of those who are our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers our fellow citizens of our city. Could it be 
that maybe what God has deposited in you, that you have, that you can hold in your hands, is actually not for you at all, but it's to bless your community. Because God has given us the choice to either begrudge or bless. To begrudge those in our community whose lifestyles or beliefs or opinions look different or are even in full opposition to ours, or to bless. To begrudge those who are in authority over us in Pal River, or to bless. But scripture says that we will find our sense of welfare, we will find our shalom only in one of those options. And one of those, the one that it, that is, is to be a blessing there. And so friends, I think that some of us today are maybe feeling in need of some peace, some of that shalom, that we've been begrudging much of the things around us. And so if you're in need of some peace, if you're in, in need of some of that wholeness, can I just encourage you to maybe look at where you're investing? Where are you investing your time, your talents, and your treasures? Are you begrudging or are you blessing? But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare, you will find your welfare. That is God's promise to you and I today if we choose to walk it out. And in fact, I think part of being a safe space for everyone to explore faith in Jesus, to receive his love and look more and more like him each day is actually this, is investing in the peace of our city because people won't explore faith in Jesus where they don't feel a sense of safety, of peace, of shalom. And so I think that as we are a blessing to Powell River, as we invest in the welfare of our city, that we too will find our peace as well. And I think that that peace allows people to explore faith in Jesus. And that is part of our mission statement. But what does Jesus say about this? We've heard what that prophet said, you know, 2,600 years ago in the Old Testament, but we uh, want to filter what was said through the New Testament, through Jesus's words. We said last week uh, that all roads, so to speak, lead to Jesus. So what does he say about this? Well, let's look at Mark chapter 12, verses 28 to 34. It says, And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he, Jesus, answered them well, he asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and there is no other besides him. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared ask him, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Well, we see in this passage that Jesus' chief concern is loving God with our whole selves, our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength. But secondary to that is loving our neighbors as ourselves. It means loving our neighbor without deciding if they're qualified to receive that love. It means protecting and loving those around us with their best interests at heart, not our own. We see that, that Jesus prioritizes first and foremost that we love God with our whole selves. 
But friends, what if he is saying in this passage by connecting the two that sometimes loving God with our whole selves is very much looking like loving our neighbors? What if the two are not one and two, but what if they are together as kind of this like exchange one and the other? That part of us loving God is, it looks a lot like loving our neighbor. And I think that he, he combines those two for a reason that first and foremost, we love God. Because to love our neighbor over God means we're creating an idol out of a person. But I think part of loving God is loving our neighbors. Jesus says in another uh, gospel, in the same passage, that all of the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. That everything that has been leading up to this moment hangs on loving God and loving our neighbor as ourself. This command of loving our neighbor, that we are blessed to be a blessing to Pell River, I think is very close to God's heart. And I think it's one of the ways that we truly show the world that we are his disciples, that we have a purpose and a person greater than ourselves that we serve, is by loving those around us without, uh, without like hitches or without any um, like strings that we attach to it. Because one of the greatest blessings we have from God is the opportunity to invest in the city in which we are planted. And when I say that, I don't mean a city in a, like, always in just like kind of a broad conceptual idea, but like I want us to think of the people in that city. That we have an opportunity to invest in the people around which we are planted. One of our greatest blessings aren't what we have, but it's actually what we can give to a city who desperately needs it. But the question is how? How do we do this? How are we to love our neighbors practically? You know, we see that God deeply values it. We, we see through scripture that in seeking the welfare of our city, we will find our welfare. But how? How do we do that? Well, I think the easy and first answer is in our actions. You know, love isn't just a feeling or a sentiment, but it's often an action. And, and of course, that's important that like doing things that are good in our community is important. That we shouldn't left our, let our left hand know what our right hand is doing when we're giving to those who are needy. But I don't think that's the whole picture. I don't think that's it. Because if that were it, then anybody could be doing that. Anybody could be walking in that. And so I think that there's a little bit more than we need to reveal. And David Guzik in his commentary on Jeremiah 29 verse 7 quotes another commentator named Riken, saying, By themselves, random acts of kindness cannot bring enduring peace. The only basis for real and lasting shalom is the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Is the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. You know, I think the best theology is one that is often practical. And I'm so glad that scripture shows us this and, and shows us this specifically as it pertains to how we are blessed to be a blessing to Pell River. And so I want to first see how that is back at Jeremiah 29, 7. But seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Scripture makes it clear that prayer is one of the most effective things that we can do to bless our community. And prayer is not something that we do to convince God. Like it's not that God is waiting there like arms crossed for us to like convince him to do something. But rather it is something that we do to convince ourselves. It's something that we do to convince ourselves of God's truth in our lives. 
Because prayer is something that shapes us. It shapes us into a greater likeness of Jesus. It aligns our hearts and our minds around what he values, what he sees, what he desires. And it's about sacrificing our agendas so his kingdom can be built in our heart. And then as that's built, it overflows into our city. To discount or underestimate prayer is our first response to seeking the shalom, the peace of our city, to loving our neighbor as ourself, is to miss out on having God shape us and guide us on how to do this effectively. And it's also to miss out on God creating a burden for our city and our hearts, for God creating a burden for the people around us who need him, both physically, but also spiritually. And so this is why I think there's a commandment to pray because it changes us. It changes us and it begins to change our city as well. But Luke 10 also gives us another clue as to how we can practically do this. And Luke 10 as a whole chapter is when Jesus sends out the disciples to go ahead of him, that his time is beginning to come short on earth. And so the disciples are sent out in groups to go to these cities and to kind of prepare the way for Jesus coming. And uh, as I said in verse 9, to heal the sick and to tell them the kingdom of God is near you now. And Jesus says something so interesting to the disciples as, he, as they enter into a city. He says for them to find a person of peace and to stay with them. But what did this mean for the original audience? Well, Adam Clark says, in Jewish custom, someone who has any good or bad quality is called the person of it. Person of peace in the text not only means a peaceable, quiet person, but also one of good report for their uprightness and benevolence. Sounds like something, somebody that you'd want to find in the city, isn't it? Sounds like somebody that you'd want to find here. And as we look upon Pal River, we too have people of peace within our city that is also part of bringing shalom to others, to loving our neighbors. Because part of our value of being blessed to be a blessing to Pal River is I think finding those people of peace. You know, partnering with those organizations who are already doing good in our community, who are resourced and skilled and, and reaching out into our community already. That we maybe not be the, the ones that can do that the most effectively. And so we partner with those people of peace who are already doing good to love our neighbors. Because the reality is, is we ourselves haven't cornered the market on doing good in our community. There are plenty of places that are. And our partnership as a church is one of the ways that we can be more than the sum of our parts. That we can partner alongside people so that we're more effective at spreading the gospel, so that we're more effective of doing good. And as a church, you know, we can be senders of people of peace, of course, but we can also be supporters of those who are already doing that in our community. And so in our own endeavors, personally, we too should have eyes to find other people of peace and join with them in blessing Pell River. For you, that might mean opening your home and showing hospitality to others. For some, it might mean volunteering somewhere or, or joining a community event that's happening and serving really well at it. For others, it might mean continuing to support our community here at Evangel Church so that we can all continue to reach in our community. It might be simply being a listening ear to your neighbor who is hurting, to a friend that needs a safe place. Because being a person of peace isn't just about blessing Pal River with our finances, but with our time and our talents as well. But sometimes, friends, we need to be the person of peace for our community, for our neighbors, 
for our workplace and our organizations. And you know that saying by Reagan, if not us, who? And if not now, when? Because being a person of peace means investing. But it also means revealing Jesus, the one who brings lasting shalom now and beyond this world. And we can do that. Uh, we can do all of the acts of kindness in the world and actually not be investing into the welfare of our city unless we also reveal Jesus through these acts. Now, I want to say that these things don't happen like in tandem immediately after one another. Sometimes it takes time and investment. Sometimes it takes months or even years that you are investing into the welfare of your city through prayer and action and doing good before you have the opportunity to share about Jesus. Because I think if we begin to do good as a means of just shoving the gospel down people's throats, that it's not gonna be something that's palatable, that it no longer becomes good news because we've created people to be projects. And people are never projects, they are people. And so the timing that we may have that feels like it needs to be really immediate, I think we sometimes need to suspend so that we can walk in the wisdom and the knowledge and the discernment and the spirit as God reveals to us that timing, as God reveals to us those opportunities that we need to take that bold leap of faith and share about Jesus, the one who is peace, as we begin to invest in the welfare of our city. Well, the person that I was with for lunch said that Powell River was God's country, and it is. But friends, what would our city look like if we continue to see our blessings that we have been given as a way to actually bless our city? This is our value here as a church. We are blessed to be a blessing to Pell River. But what if each of us determined to find and be people of peace in the places that we find that we have influence in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our volunteer spots, in that person who just needs a smile down the street. It may look, it actually will look different for each of us, but it has the opportunity to reveal Jesus to our city that is more than the sum of its parts. And I believe as our community commits to being a blessing to Powell River, that we too will bring shalom to our community that is more than the sum of its parts. And so today, I wanna to give us an opportunity to maybe challenge ourselves to, to seek the welfare of the city that God has placed us in by praying to the Lord on its behalf. And so as we close our time together today, I want to encourage you to pray. It doesn't need to be uh, long. It doesn't need to be flowery. It doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be honest. But I want us to pray for a city, to contend for the challenges that are happening here and in your city for the darkness to leave as light begins to flood into our city, for opportunities uh, to do so. And then finally, I want us in our prayer to just simply listen, to listen, to listen to the voice of God as he inspires you, as he shows you maybe even where you can be a person of peace in our town. And so today I want to encourage you that we are going to pray to the Lord on, it, on behalf of our city because in its welfare, we will find our welfare. And so we're gonna to pray together right now, but I wanna encourage you to pray on your own as well. Maybe even just for today, maybe even just once a week, but to continue to have that be something that we do to invest in our city, because I believe that as we pray, God will give us opportunity to bless our city in practical ways as well. 
So God, we thank you that you care about our city, that you care about Pal River, that you care about sh uh, showing your light to a dark world. God, we thank you that you don't just leave us to passively endure here in the city, but God, that you give us purpose and ability and, and influence to be able to be a blessing to be to Pal River. And so God, I pray that we would realize what blessings we do have and realize that they're not for us to hoard and hold on to, but are ones to give to those in need in our city. And God, I pray that we would have the wisdom and discernment and guidance by your spirit to know when those acts of kindness need to be followed up with revealing the person who is peace, which is you, Jesus. And so God, I pray that you would give us opportunity and that you would give us moments where we can bless our city. And God, as we pray for it right now, Lord, I pray that you would shape us that you would change us, that you would burden our hearts for our cities so that we can continue to bless them in a way that spreads your good news, which is about you, Jesus. God, we love you and we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, thank you so much for joining us.